You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Heidi with It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. Thank you for listening and thank you for returning and thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, it is you sharing the podcast and you helping spread the word that is growing this so rapidly. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on another episode. I've had guests the last couple episodes, so my announcements were a little off. But um, if you were looking for another way to get this podcast, uh, I have been accepted onto the iHeartRadio platform, so you can find it through there as well. So that way, if you want to share it that way, you can. The other um, announcements I have going on is why is it taking me a little bit to get another podcast up since I did one last week Friday? Um, the answer to that is sad but true. I have been so busy that I planned to do one and by the time I was done it was nine o'clock at night and here it is 9 27 um, and I'm actually doing one why have I been so busy a couple things changing up the website was the first thing I wanted to announce I've been catching up on um, getting that done there is a new quiz on the website so if you've already taken the TPA um, and you haven't taken the new quiz, jump over to coachingwithdrheidi.com. It is on the homepage, and it, it's just a little bit different. It will give you a result for different types of relationships because I have found that with working um, in the area that I do, it's not all about intimate relationships, obviously. Toxic relationships do not discriminate. They are found in every type of relationship there is between people in the human race. So they are found in friendships, they're found in families, they are found within coworkers, they are found in social circles, they are found in intimate relationships. So I've expanded into that just a little bit because at the end of the day, a toxic person is a toxic person, regardless of what type of relationship you're in. So for those of you who have either come to me for the coaching or have just been listening to the podcast and maybe are in the Strength Within group, which is the support group on Facebook, um, you know that there's all different types of people in these different groups. And the reason is, is I teach the character traits of the toxic person. I don't teach the character traits of the toxic intimate partner. I don't teach the character traits of the toxic coworker. I teach the character traits of the toxic person so that you can learn how to spot the red flags so that when you're moving forward after a certain relationship or after you've healed or after you've gotten out and you're on with your life, that the only person you have to trust is you. Because if you rely on trusting other people, you're already in deep weeds, right? So 
I have expanded into engulfing the whole toxic person that I teach about. They all play by the same playbook. Once you understand what they want and how they think and why they do the things they do, you are able to protect yourself in every area of your life. So if you'll notice, we are expanding on that and I will probably be following up uh, with some additional podcasts on the different types of relationships. The conference, in the third national conference is gonna be held in St. Louis the last weekend in March. And this year I am incorporating some of what we were just talking about with expanding into some of the other types of relationships. So that is gonna be super exciting. So if you haven't been on the new website, well, it's not a new website, it's the same website. I'm just changing it up a little bit. Uh, go over there and take the new quiz. If you haven't already taken the TPA, go ahead and take that. And then the other reason I have been so busy is I changed a couple of the things that I was doing um, to make myself a little more accessible to you who are searching for freedom and you who are searching for answers. In the past, I have taken consultation calls and you can, you can do those through the website, but now I have also opened it up that you can schedule an individual call whenever you need something. So if you're not in a position that you can commit to a program or financially, maybe you can't, you know, um, put enough money together to go through the entire program. Now the Coaching with Dr. Heidi webpage, there is a spot where you can schedule a session and you can schedule that for anything. You can schedule it to ask me questions. You can schedule that to go over your TPA. You can schedule that just if you need somebody that understands to listen, that's another reason a lot of people schedule because the people around you don't understand what you're going through when you're in a toxic relationship. So we've had a lot of new consultations and a lot of new first time individual calls that may have something to do with the fact that now the holidays have died down and people are getting back into their regular schedules. So if that's something that you've been thinking about, boy, I wish she could just take an individual call or I wish I could just write my questions down for a month and call her and ask her. You can now do that. The link is right on the website. The other thing I have changed up is in the past, it, it was, do a coaching program with me and commit to the program. Now what I am doing is you are able to, well, let me back up a little bit. What I did is I really put myself back to a place that I was 15 years ago. And I tried to put myself back into your shoes and what would I have needed and how would I have been able to work with somebody? Would there have been somebody at the time that I could have worked with? it would have been overwhelming for me to commit to a full program. So what I have done, just because I know exactly what you're going through, you are now um, going to be able to control a little bit more and bite off in chunks that work for you. So now you can actually do coaching with Dr. Heidi one month at a time. And the reason I think that's gonna help is financially it helps a lot of people because you don't have to commit to such a large some at once, but I think even more relevant is that it, it takes away that feeling of a huge commitment. If you are, if you are already controlled by other people and everybody's already dictating, the last thing you want to do is be tied into something that you're not sure about or tied into a commitment that you don't feel like you're in control of. So being able to take over the control of your coaching, has worked out great. So for the people who have decided to do it that way, 
And I think it's even more than being able to chunk it down financially. You're able to chunk down the time and the overwhelming commitment. It just makes it simpler. It makes you feel like it's, it's much more scheduled and it's much more in control. So if those were two of the reasons why you have not reached out to either chat with me or work with me, you are now, you can schedule an individual call um, when you need it. Now I say that, but you will have to wait for the next opening on my schedule. So the sooner you schedule it, the sooner you'll get in. Um, and now you are able to work month to month with me as opposed to, to committing to a whole entire program. And I think just taking that commitment, um, feeling away, that has helped a lot of people. So that is why this last week has been cray cray for me as far as me adjusting to the new schedule and me adjusting to the new stuff, but also um, just a lot, lot, lot of people realizing that they do not want to be in this situation next holidays at this time. So um, if that's you, Coaching with Dr. Heidi, Com, take the TPA and schedule a consult. If you've already taken the TPA and this sounds like something you just need some questions answered, jump on there and, and go ahead and schedule it. This is going to be an episode that is a little bit different. I'm going to call it a pop-up podcast. I jumped on Strength Within the other day and I asked for pop-up podcast questions. So I'm going to get to those questions later. I think there's six and I'm going to, I'm going to go through and I'm going to try and answer best I can on the spur of the moment when I read those questions, um, here on the podcast. But one thing that I want to talk a little bit about today and partly because it's, it's coming from a, a place in my heart right now. Um, I want to talk about what you cannot control. Okay, everybody knows that you can control. You've heard it. Only worry about the stuff that you can control. You can't control this. You can't control that. Just worry about the stuff you can't control. The problem with that is, and I understand it, but that doesn't keep us from worrying and from fretting about the stuff that we can't control, right? So I want to talk a little bit tonight about the stuff that we can't control. And the reason I'm doing that is because when I say it out loud, I also hear it. And so this part of the podcast is so Dr. Heidi hears this because I need a reminder on some of this. So what, what cannot we control? Okay, one thing we already know that we can't control is we cannot control what people say, we cannot control what people do, and we cannot control how people feel. And when I, you know, talk to my clients or I teach at the conferences or I speak to you guys through the podcast, you've heard me say, a toxic person is going to do what a toxic person does. You saying, please don't do that, doesn't phase them. Please don't say that to me, only encourages them. And when you want them to feel a certain way and you want them to be in love or you want them to be nice or you want them to be compassionate... We all know how well that works, right? So you cannot control what other people do, what other people say, or how other people feel. Now, I believe that the trick that comes in there is toxic people lead us to believe that if we try hard enough, and if we're perfect, and if we keep on striving for perfection, that 
they eventually will say what we want to hear, do what we want them to do, and feel how we desire that they feel. Which we all know that doesn't work either. Even though we'll try, because they'll make promises, we'll try to live up to the level where they do say and feel the things we want. But once we get there, they've changed the rules. Okay, because toxic people need your attention. So when you're striving to do better and you're striving to get to where they're going to do, say, and feel the things you want, your attention is on them, right? So you're not in any way controlling what they're saying, what they're doing, and what they're feeling. You're just using your precious time and energy with your attention on them and not worrying about yourself. So because you can't control what people say, what people do, and what people feel, you need to realize what part of that you can control. You can't control what another says, you can't control what another does, and you cannot control how another feels. But what you can control is what you say, and what you do, and how you feel. So when you are wasting your energy, hoping that they will do something or hoping they will feel some way or hoping they will say or won't say something, you're giving them all the energy that you need to take care of what you say, what you do, and what you feel. How many of you feel like every time I do something, I make the wrong decision? That's because when you're worried about what other people do and what other people say and how other people feel, you're not concentrating on yourself. So of course you're going to make the wrong decision when you're making decisions based on somebody else. So what's another thing you can't control? Besides the whole theory of law of attraction, we actually have very little control over the things that come into our life. Okay, hard work. Yes, I get it. You have to work hard to be successful. That kind of thing I get. But when you sit and wish that you had more things in your life, it's, it's a long, long road and it's a long, long process to actually attract and achieve and get all the stuff that you want in your life. But I will tell you what you do have control of is what you get rid of in your life. And I have done several speaking presentations on um, this topic and I've hosted women's retreats on this topic and I call it permission to quit, right? We spend so much time trying to gain stuff, trying to attract stuff, trying to get stuff. Years, years you work for the stuff that you want, right? You work years to get that house just the way you want it. You work years to get that family just the way you want it. You work years to get where you want in that job and years to establish a good, wholesome, solid relationship. And the thing that is almost more in our control are the things that we can get rid of, which is a completely foreign concept to most of us. We feel like we have to hang on to things because we don't want to lose them. And almost every person that I do private coaching with, if they have gone from a toxic situation through the recovery and out on their own to a new life, they will look back and they can't believe the stuff that they tried to hold on to that now doesn't even play a part in their life. If they, they all say, if I would have known to let go of all that stuff, my life would have been so much easier. 
So because we have very little control over what comes into our life or what we really want in our life, think about the amount of control you have over releasing stuff from your life. And as, as I'll step back to the, we can't control what people do, what people feel and what people say. We can't make somebody fall in love with us. I'm sorry to tell you. It doesn't matter how perfect you are, if they're not being kind and being, acting like a person in love acts, we cannot force them to fall in love with us. But we can choose ourselves and remove ourselves from that situation so that we are open for the one who is meant to love us to find us. See what I'm saying? We don't, we can't control what comes into our life as easily as we can control what we release from our life. And that feeling of letting go, and I did a whole podcast on letting go, that feeling of letting go is so much easier than trying to hang on to everything. So let's see, we can't control how people are going to act if. How much time do you spend thinking, yes, but if I do this, how, what are they going to think? Are they going to be mad? Are they going to get violent? Are they going to disappear? Are they going to yell? Are they going to call me names? Are they going to this? Are they going to that? We cannot control how other people react right? And that's not your responsibility. But what toxic people like to do is they like to make you feel threatened. So if you don't act exactly the right way, they're going to react in a way that's going to get you to give them what they need. So they're going to react in a way that causes you to react in the way that they need. So we cannot control how people are going to react. We can't control if they're mad. We can't control if they scream. We can't control if they're disappointed, right? Well, you kind of control if they're disappointed, if you disappointed them. But I would trade, I don't know what I'd trade, but I would love to have the time back in my life that I was worried about how somebody was going to react to something I did or something I said or something I did wrong or something I didn't get finished or something you know, that wasn't perfect. I was more worried about how it was going to make somebody react than the actual thing was to begin with. And so we spend our life scared of the what ifs. We're in fear of how people are going to react. And at the end of the day, we have no freaking control over it anyway. But you do have control over how you react. And as you know, and as you've heard, and as you've read in a thousand places, toxic people want a reaction. A toxic person needs control and power. And if they can get you to react, they know they're controlling you. If you cry, if you get mad, if you, you know, throw a fit, if you, whatever, as long as they get a reaction and the reaction serves what they need, they're winning. So rather than worry about them getting mad, start controlling how you're reacting. Now, be a little careful because your more extreme toxic people are not going to like it when you don't react. They use it as a little checkoff list. Oh, I got him to react. I'm still in control. Oh, she's mad. She's crying. Check. I'm still in control. Oh, sh he stormed out. See if he, see if he makes me mad tomorrow. Check. 
So when you react, no matter what way you react, if you give an emotional reaction, they know they control, they are in control of you. And that's what an emotional, abusive and narcissistic person does. They need control and power all the time. So they need to know that you're a little puppet and you're doing what they need you to do. So you have to realize you can't control their reactions, which is can be scary because when they're mad, they're definitely mad. But you also need to realize you can control your reactions and your way out of a toxic environment is by learning to control your reactions. Toxic people program you to react in a way that assures them they're secure and in control. When you pull back on that reaction, it makes them question their control and it makes them question their security of being in control. So you can control how you react, but you cannot control how they react. You cannot control another one's life, goals, missions, or dreams, which is a little bit, um, a little bit the opposite of what I was just talking about. And I think this will kind of come into play with parents. We want the best for our kids. I get it. We do. And as parents, we know the we know best because parents always know best. But if you take your parent self and back up about 25 years, you thought you knew what was best then too, right? And you've now discovered that your parents knew what was best. You just didn't listen, right? So when it comes to dreams and goals, and I don't, I don't know why this, um, I think about the kids in this situation. We, we want certain dreams. We have dreams for our kids. They may not be the same dreams the kids have. And we have to realize that we can't control that. And I just was, was talking to my mom um, tonight, actually, because the more, okay, fine. The older I get, if that's what you wanted me to say, the more I think about my mom and the pain she must have gone through watching three daughters grow up and letting us make mistakes and watching us have to fall on our face and learn from those mistakes. And now I'm raising three daughters or raised. They're adults. They're all out of the house. And... And I have to realize I cannot control their life. I can't control their goals. I cannot control their mission. And I cannot control their dreams. I too, just like my mom, have to allow them to learn on their own. And I think if you're a parent, this is the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do. Because I want to protect them. So that's kind of on the kid's side. But you can't control your spouse's dreams, goals, mission either. But what you can control is your life, your goals, your missions, and your dreams. Feeling out of control is very uncomfortable. So, so when I get through with this list of the things we can't control, I'll relist the things you can control. So if you want to, you can jot them down. Because at least that's going to give you five or six things that you know, no matter no matter how hard your toxic relationship life is or how unhealthy the situation is, read through this list and you're going to remind yourself you don't have to control all that stuff because 90% of the stuff you're worried about, you can't control anyway. So you can go right back to the list and double check what it is on that list that you can control. 
The last thing that you can't control, and this kind of overlaps, I just wanted to make sure that it made a good statement, is you cannot control how others treat you. You know, when I teach the character traits of the toxic person, and if, if you're not sure what those are, the conference is a great place to get those because I teach them all in one day. And you will have a very good list to go by if, from leaving the conference. But you cannot control how people treat you, right? Sad, but true. You can beg them to treat you better. You can pray that they treat you better. You can ask them to treat you better. You can, you can tell them not to criticize and, and, and try to explain how bad it hurts your feelings when they criticize. And honestly, toxic people really don't care. And I'm sorry to be blunt because we are in relationships with toxic people that are close relationships. Because if they weren't close relationships, you wouldn't be in them. You've left many a toxic people in your life. The toxic fourth grade friend and the toxic junior high mean girls group and the toxic people on the football team. You've already left them. So I know that if you're listening to this, the toxic people in your life play a bigger role. Now they might be a coworker, but you probably see them every day. So you have to realize they're going to treat you however they want to treat you regardless because their goal is control. Their goal is power. Their goal is attention and their goal is admiration. So they're going to treat you the best way they can to achieve one of those four goals. You can't control that. But what can you control? You think I'm going to say you can control how you treat others, but that's not what I'm going to say. You can control how you treat yourself. And if you ask me, that is the most important relationship you are ever going to have in your life because you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life. So because you can't control how others treat you, you have to be extra kind and extra careful and extra pampering to yourself. And you know what? Here's the problem. Toxic people steal that from us. They steal our self-confidence. They steal our self-worth. They steal our self-love so that we feel like we don't deserve to even treat ourselves good. So the toxic people get to treat us bad. And on top of it, they train us to treat ourselves bad. So you can't control how somebody treats you, but you can control how you treat yourself. And I have um, several new clients just this week. And there's a couple of them that are really struggling with the self-worth thing. I, I know how other people see me, but I just don't see myself like that. Why don't you see yourself like that? Because the toxic person in my life has told me not to. And when something like that happens, that is a complete example of control. So, I'm, so those, those were five things that you cannot control. So as of today, you need to realize that these are the things you can't control and these are the things you can. So I'm going to repeat them really quick. You cannot control what people say, what people do, or how they feel. But you can control what you say, what you do, and how you feel. You cannot control everything that you want to bring into your life. You have way more control over the things that you are able to release and get rid of in your life. Don't be afraid to let go. 
You cannot control how people react. But you can control how you react. You can't control another one's life, another one's goals, another one's missions, or another one's dreams. But what you can control and what you can focus on is your life, your goals, your mission, and your dreams. You can't control how people treat you. But most importantly, you can control how you treat yourself. And honestly, when you love yourself and you accept yourself, you'll move past the people that treat you badly and you'll attract the people that treat you the way you deserve to be treated. So I just needed to talk myself through that because I don't like feeling out of control. And so I thought, I'm going to talk myself through this and I'm going to share it with everybody on the podcast. So thank you for letting me do that. I feel better already. Now I want to go to the pop-up podcast questions, but I have to find them on my Facebook really quick. Hang on. Um, and I got kicked off. If you're not in the Strength Within or you don't know what Strength Within is, it is a online private support group that I host. And it, um, by private, I mean people can search it and they can find the group but nobody can see who is in it and nobody can see what is posted in it and nobody within the group can share anything outside of the group. So you can't share anything outside. So it's a very, very safe place for you to be in a community of people who knows what it's like to be in a toxic relationship, who knows what it's like to be raised by toxic people, to be working in a toxic environment, to be trying to leave. And I think the, the biggest thing I see in that group is a support system. If you are feeling alone or feeling like you're the only one dealing with this, you have got to get in there. We just turned over 700 members. They're from all over the world. So if somebody's story doesn't resonate with you, the next one will. But what happens in this group is everybody's living the same thing. Yeah, the details are a little bit different, but you don't have to explain yourself because everybody in there already gets it. So now I was talking and I still didn't look this up. Okay, pop up podcast questions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, the first question on the pop up podcast question is, how will we know we truly come to a place of peace within ourselves and can trust ourselves again? Ooh, that's a podcast in itself. Okay, I think... There's days I don't trust myself. I will honestly say that. But when you can spot toxic people, you can spot the red flags, you can um, sense in your body people that you don't feel comfortable around, it's one thing. But when you begin choosing yourself and letting those people slowly drift out of your life, that's where the turning point starts. When you can say, oh, I don't really feel comfortable around them. I'm just going to choose not to hang around them again. Or I'm going to choose to sit on the other side of the room during the meeting. Or I'm going to choose, you know, when you start choosing yourself and putting yourself first, what you're really doing is you're trusting yourself. And how many times when you were in your toxic relationship, did you feel that feeling, 
but didn't trust yourself enough to make that decision and cut that person out or decrease the time spent with that person. When you start taking the steps to put yourself first, you'll realize that your trust, the trust in yourself is growing. And you might worry about what people think for a while, but eventually you won't. And you'll find yourself saying things that you would have never said. So even though it's not like a light switch on off, now I don't trust myself, oh, now I do, um, you will know. And when you stop worrying about what other people think and you start trusting your own decisions and you start making decisions and realizing that it's not the end of the world when you make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, it's not the end of the world. You just change directions and make another decision. But when you're in a toxic relationship, everything is black and white. It's either you're all in or you're all out. You're never allowed to be in the middle when you're in a toxic relationship. And when you start trusting yourself and realizing that it's okay to be in the gray area, you don't have to be all in and you don't have to be all out. And once you get comfortable there and start putting yourself at the beginning of every decision and thinking of how it's going to affect you and how it's going to change you and are you going to have trouble with this, that's when you can start saying that you can trust yourself again. And the, I get, I think I've got this text twice and it just makes me smile. I'll get a text from clients or from listeners and they will say, I'm feeling something today that I don't recognize. I think I'm actually feeling happy. When you can actually say, I think I'm feeling happy, you are making huge steps. Because when you're feeling happy, you are trusting yourself with your own life. And for a long time, you did not do that. So embrace the peace. Sometimes living in peace seems uncomfortable when you come out of a chaotic, drama-filled relationship. So you just have to accept the change. It doesn't mean you have to cause chaos. It doesn't mean you have to cause drama. You just need to learn to sit and feel. And when you think through it and always put yourself first, that's when you're able to trust yourself. And that's a great um, example too for anybody who's moving forward on into the dating world after being in a toxic relationship. Um, this question, I haven't read all the questions, so I might be answering a question that's a little bit further down in the list, but I hear it all the time. How do I trust to, to, to ever date again? Or how do I trust to find new friends? Well, the truth is you, you don't have to trust anybody but yourself in the beginning. Because if you know the red flags and you know that when you see them, you're going to choose yourself, the only person you have to trust is you. So it's not quite as scary. But the trick there is you have to put yourself first. You can't give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't give them another chance. We don't worry that they had a bad upbringing. If the red flags are there, they're there for a reason. So listen to them and that's where you're going to you're going to understand that you trust yourself because if you see the red flag, you'll take care of it. So I hope that helped. Why do we still feel like we don't deserve something good even after we have left and gone no contact and feel free and happy? Okay. Just talked to a client about this today. One of the character traits and one of the big things that toxic people do is toxic people feel better when other people are struggling. 
You, pro- you guys now have heard me say that so much. You probably say it in your cars when I'm saying it and you're listening to me, right? Toxic people feel better when other people are struggling. Um, when you cut your leg and you see the blood and you can see where the skin is open and you feel the pain, it makes complete sense why your leg hurts, right? You can see it. When you are in a toxic relationship or you're in an emotional abusive situationship or you've had to deal with narcissistic personalities, what they do is they tend to inflict emotional pain. Okay, you can't see visually emotional pain. So they like to criticize, they like to compare, they like to belittle your dreams, they love to call you names, right? So even when you get out of a toxic environment, we stick all those little comparisons and all those bad things they said about us into our little fanny pack and we haul them right along with us into our next job and into our next friendship and into our next relationship and on and on and on. And we just tote all that crap around in our little bag because somebody somewhere along the way that needed to feel powerful criticized us on something. And we haul all those criticisms with us rather than one by one taking them out and throwing them out of the fanny pack. So that's where the rebuilding of your self-worth and your self-confidence comes in. They tear you down so they feel better. But you have to realize now you have to build yourself back up. So I'm going to reread this question again. So why do we still feel like we don't deserve it? Okay, so if you're still feeling like you don't deserve it, it's because they've trained you to feel like you don't deserve to be treated well. They've trained you to feel like you don't deserve love. They've trained you to feel like you don't deserve to have the very best. They've trained you to feel like you should be happy that they're staying with you because you don't really deserve them. So you're just carrying the what they've said so they feel better with you and you're believing it on past that relationship. So if you're the one that wrote in with this question, um, we need to do some self-discovery. You know, we need to dig in and figure out who you are so that you recognize yourself and you don't believe this repetitive, um, you know, tape that's been playing in your head about all the things that they told you you didn't deserve or were wrong with you because you're still listening to that. And it's just self-talk. Um, I do cover all of that type of stuff also. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, this is a good question. Uh, Can toxic people get treatment or even be enlightened to their actions? If so, how? Sometimes it feels like no contact just lets them off the hook. It feels unjust. Okay, I believe this question actually came in from a lady who is in a toxic friend circle. If I remember correctly, if that's wrong, I apologize. Uh, I'm not a know-it-all. <laughs> I bet that comes as a surprise to a lot of you, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not a know-it-all. All I know is what I know. So when you ask a question like this, I'm just speaking from experience. I'm not speaking from scientific data, okay? Um, first of all, most of your toxic personalities would never admit they were toxic. And Second of all, most of them would certainly never admit that anything was their fault. And third of all, they're certainly not going to admit that there's anything wrong with them. So getting them to realize they need treatment is going to take half your life anyway, right? 
Can you occasionally get them to apologize for being mean? Yes. Um, if they need something or if they feel like they're in trouble or if, if they feel like it's going to get them to a place that they need. Yes. Now, can they be treated? Honestly, I have no idea. Okay. I do know a counselor that works with toxic, the toxic personality. And, um, I have not ever got to sit in one of those sessions and I, um, I don't know that much about it. But because toxicity ranges from very mild all the way up to ridiculously, extremely severe, I'm not going to say that it couldn't be treated. The, the thing, the biggest hill you're going to climb is how are you going to get them to treatment and admit that, that something is their fault because that's just not in their playbook to do. Um, now, the second section of your question says, because sometimes it feels like no contact just lets them off the hook. Okay, here we go. Do you remember the first half of this podcast on what we can control and what we can't control? We can't control what other people do, what other people say, and what other people feel. So you can hang out with this toxic friend as long as you want to, but it doesn't matter how long you hang out with them and make them try and try to make them see how bad they hurt you or try to make them see how unfair they are or try to make them all you're doing is wasting more energy on trying to make them see. So when I talk about going no contact, it's because you are you yourself is not is not going to change that person. So if you want peace, no contact is the answer because they don't care how they affect you. They don't care what they say to you. They don't care if they hurt your feelings. There's no consequences for them. So when we go no contact, it's, it's to take care of you. You have got to let go of revenge and you have got to let go of making them pay and you've got to let go of making them see. It's not about letting them off the hook because they're just going to move to the next person and do the same thing they did to you. And if that person removes themselves, they'll just move to the next person. So if you want to be the one that's going to make them pay and make them see, you're just, you're just really giving them more of their energy. And toxic people also, I mean, whether they're, you know, the louder type of toxic personality or they're quiet, they, they really tend to like to fight. So if, if you're willing to stand there and, and try and convince them how, how toxic they are, they see that as a fight, and that's a that's one of those ginormous circular conversations. So I would really recommend letting go, because try to decide how big this person is in the scope of your life. If they're a friend, you know what? Let them go. You'll find a better friend, and the people around the toxic person are going to figure them out sooner or later. You don't have to tell anybody anything. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for you and you only. So if you are unhealthy being in this friendship, you can only be healthy by removing yourself. It doesn't have anything to do with the personality of the toxic person. So I know it sounds harsh, but you know, when somebody hires me, it's not my job to fix the toxic person. I don't fix anybody. I educate you because you are my focus. And you know what? I spent years trying to make toxic people see and, and treat me better and realize how bad they hurt me. And to this day, those toxic people are repeating the same patterns 
with different people who have tried to do the same thing I did. So it's really how much longer do you want to fight or how much more energy do you want to give the toxic person or are you ready to move on with your life? Can empathetic people become narcissistic or narcissistic people become empathetic people? Okay, um, as you all know, I am a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. I don't worry if a toxic person has a diagnosis. And I know some people think I'm crazy, but empathetic people are targets for toxic people. We attract them because we care about taking care of others. So at the end of the day, I don't care if they're bipolar or narcissistic or what they are, because as an, as an empathetic person and a caring person, I don't want myself to feel sorry for them if they have a diagnosis. Okay, they're still toxic in the state of the, of the relationship that you have. So I want to, I want to say that, that first, um, not that I don't believe people do have diagnoses. I get that. And if, and if you're one that is with somebody with a diagnosis and you can learn to understand that diagnosis, it certainly doesn't mean you have to leave. And that's why I teach that. That's why I teach the education for understanding because I have clients that go through my program and once they understand the toxic person, it doesn't affect them and they're able to stay in the relationship and be in control. Not necessarily of the other person, but be in control of themselves while they're in that relationship. So um, from my point of view, um, I try to stay away from the diagnostic terms, but um, I'm going to try and do the best I can. Can an empathetic person become toxic or a toxic person become empathetic? We all have toxic traits. We all have the ability to criticize. We all have the ability to, to manipulate. We all have the ability to be self-centered. So you really have to watch yourself because toxic traits are contagious. Um, empathetic people can become toxic, I'm almost certain. Toxic people may become empathetic if they're on the less severe scale. When you get to more the, the more extremely um, extreme narcissistic type behavior personalities, they're programmed to only think about them. So again, I'm not going to say yes, they can or no, they can't because there's no scientific data to prove that. But I have never seen someone who is extremely toxic change to be kind, caring, and loving. So, um, you know, that's, that's a tough question. I, I would say no. I would say that, yes, you could adopt the traits of a toxic person because eventually, if you're in it, you fight fire with fire. And I could see how that would happen. I can also, we've also seen that happen when, when you're raised in a toxic environment. You see that type of behavior and you adopt it. Because if you're raised in an environment where there is self-centered personalities raising you, you have to learn to be self-centered to get what you need. So you will, you know, you may start out more kind, caring, giving, and because you need to be self-sufficient or you need to take care of yourself, you adopt the toxic traits. Okay, let's see. Do toxic people know they are toxic generally? Okay, that kind of is 
a little bit tied with the last one. Um, some of them might, some of them might not. Um, either way, they're not going to think they're, that there's anything wrong with them. And the other thing I will reiterate, toxic people are not always bad people. These are people we love. These are our families. These are the person that we married thinking that we were going to stay in it for the rest of our life. You know, these are our kids. These are our friends. So toxic people aren't bad people. They just don't go along health, health wise with the personality that you have. And so do they know they're toxic? Maybe, you know, but, but they're not going to see it as anything bad. They're just going to see it as that's how I am. Um, and I know that we long for them to change and we hope things will get better and we want to believe that there is a way that things can work out and maybe there is but in the meantime you still have to take care of yourself you still have to protect yourself from the damage that living or being in a toxic relationship is doing um, especially when we look at you know feeling like you don't deserve to be treated well and carrying those, you know, those awful negative things about yourself into your future. So um, I hope this helped. Again, I don't claim that what I say is the law. Well, don't tell my kids that. I claim that what I say is the law when it comes to them. But, um, you know, I just like to give insight and I just like to give a different perspective. And I just like to be able to get people to think outside the way the toxic person is telling you to think. So these were good questions. I decided I'm going to, I'm going to do that a little more. It makes for a long podcast, but the pop-up podcasts are great because I can address what's going on in people's lives right now. And if somebody's asking me the question, chances are somebody else has the same question. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to jump over to the website and take the new quiz. And don't forget that the early bird registration price for the conference is open. It is March 27, 28, 29 here in St. Louis. The venue is going to work out very, very well. They've got a free shuttle from the airport if you're flying in. And they've got free parking. And I think it's going to work out really, really well. So if you have any more questions on that, let me know. You guys know how to get a hold of me. Thank you for listening, and I hope this helped. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Heidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic. Thank <laughs> you.